Om Namo Narayanaya. Welcome. Today, I am going to tell all of you Democrats how Joe Biden can win 2024. I am a conservative and have been a conservative since the late 90s. I was also a member of the Libertarian Party for some years, and I had a revelation this week. Actually, it's something I've had for a while, and then it just clicked. I know how Biden can win. But it's something that you have to do. Not Republicans, not Libertarians, not Green Party, not people sitting on the fence. It's something that you have to do now. And I guarantee if you do this, oof, fireworks. <laughs> well, maybe that wasn't fireworks. Maybe that was more of an explosion. But either way, I have the secret. So this episode is not really a spiritual one. It is a political one. It's for you Democrats. And I will also be speaking to you Republicans because there's something that you can do to make the Trump train come into the... Um, um, where do trains come into? Uh, the station. <laughs> but a few days ago, after I decided to do this episode, I saw that CNN announced that if there was an election held today, Trump would win. So on some hand, I feel like you don't need my help. And with Hamas and the Ukraine and now the fighting in the Middle East, talks of World War III, I don't know if you need my help. You just have to convince people that Trump isn't pure evil. <laughs> I will not be talking to the Libertarians or the Green Party folks or any other group out there. Just, just the two main groups today. And then I will end with a slight note tying it all together of spirituality. Because this is a spiritual show, not a political show. Alright, you ready to go? Get your cup of coffee. Get ready. Let's talk politics. My name is Premanand Das Bhagat. I am a spiritual life coach, and I'm also training to be an integral Vedic counselor, which are things that I don't necessarily know if I'll be doing as a job, but I believe will make this channel better. And along with that, I'm going to be introducing some new things to this channel with the goal of, and this is my goal for everything I do here, to help you know God better. Or just know God. <laughs> and, if nothing else, to know your life's purpose. That, I think, is something that eludes a lot of people. So I want to help you do that. If you like what I do here, thank you. Um, check this channel out on... Well, this is going out on YouTube Live. But I post in other places. BitChute, Rumble, all sorts of podcasts. Spots, uh, Spotify. So check those places out if you prefer those places other than YouTube. Um, uh, if you like what I do, watch them. You know, show me the support. I check my numbers. It's just nice to see. You know, viewers, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Subscribing is really good if you're on YouTube, also. Or you can support me financially. I don't have Patreon or any of those things, but I'm an author of books, and you can see my website right here. Most of them are music related. I've just broken into fiction. Um, music related also <laughs> and that's sort of my niche though i am right now working on a study guide of the bhagavad gita and how will you know about that well you can check the website or stay subscribed to this channel now um let's take this website down you know where to go you know if you want me where to look websites in the link down is in the description down below i as 
someone who wants to help you find your life purpose. Believe that one key is knowing things that you like, things that resonate with you, no matter what the situation. And I didn't pick this up reading some fancy self-help book, ooh, here it is, the secret. No, I picked it up from my own life, because I traveled a lot as a boy. We moved when I was eight years old, and we moved a few years later, and a few years later, at one point, right after college, I lived in three countries over six months. <laughs> and you really can't travel with a lot of stuff. You can't do a lot of stuff. You start getting rid of things, because I was into photography, or oh, oh, real, real camera, not a, not a uh, what we use today, a real camera with lenses. Well, that doesn't travel so well. So I started getting into other things, and they found, oh, yeah, I like photography, but not that much. So you start learning what you like. And for me, there are four things which, no matter where I go, it's like this is the first thing I gravitate to. Music. I love music. I am an upright bass player. And you see my bass right there, which will soon be taken out and replaced with a big acoustic bass. And you can see, like, Elvis here and all sorts of music stuff behind me. So I love music. Uh, the other thing I love is religion. This channel. <laughs> I also love history. Uh, when I lived abroad, I would literally, like, within the first month, find the bookstore and go find some books on the country I was living in. And when I traveled, I used to do that too. Like, oh, I'm going to um, Poland for a month. I would just get a history book of Poland. When it comes to history, though, one thing that I really like... Well, actually, I'll tell you the two things, two favorite things. The 1920s to the 1950s in America. F. Scott Fitzgerald's one of my favorite writers. I dress sometimes in a way that's very classical. I wanted to be a beatnik growing up. <laughs> you can't see on the shelf, but I got, you know, good Jack Kerouac collection up there. The other thing I love is politics. And actually, you can see over my shoulder here... Uh, my political books are just like a third of them. I love politics. And I always wanted to be involved in politics. But in the 90s, I stopped being the middle-class liberal that my parents raised me to be, telling me that if you vote conservative, you will have no friends. And I was desperate for friends, so I was a liberal and I wore white socks because I heard that's what make you uh, friends and it all failed. And then in college I converted and became a conservative and then a libertarian due to um, the influence of still living William F. Buckley and conscious of a conservative uh, Barry Goldwater. And, you know, this is pre-Trump. This is actually pre-W. And I've been a conservative ever since and seen it change and move. I was never a Trumpster. I wanted Ted Cruz, though I didn't think he'd win. I wanted him in 2016. Uh, uh, but I became sort of a Trumpster when I saw the lies that were being said about him. Like, really? He didn't do that. You can clearly see he didn't do that. This phone call, Mr. Adam Schiff, never happened. You're making up. We have the transcriptions. We have everyone who's denied it. And it was like, no, 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 no. This is, this is crap. And I became, by default, a Trumpster because I couldn't stand the lies. And the propaganda, which are so debunked so fast, and yet folks would deny it. Oh, no, it's it's true. Well, everyone says it's a lie. Oh, yeah, well, I know it's true, because CNN told me. But everyone who was there says it's a lie. Even people who don't like Trump. Oh, yeah, but CNN says. Really? CNN's trash. We're going to talk more about this in a minute, though. 
I've always wanted to run in a political position, have some political position in some small town, uh, but I've always lived in ultra-liberal cities, so uh, what's the point? I lived in Seattle for a while, where the joke is they don't actually run Republicans for mayor, because they won't get in. Even if they're the only candidate, they still won't get in. <laughs> so I read a lot. Bookshelf here. I'm opposite. Wrong hand. Here it is. I read a lot, and I study. I figure, you know what? This can help me in other ways. I'm going to show you what I'm reading right now, matter of fact. Because it's not your casual books, and it's not like, oh, the new Tucker Carlson book. No, I'm reading the Anti-Federalist Papers. And this is amazing. This is really awesome. It's a hard read. If you don't like reading, please don't get into this. You're never going to make it through, just for your own sanity. But this is unbelievable, and more people should read this. This is my current read. There's my bookmark. After this, I'm going to show you the two books I plan to read. Um, the biography of the wife of one of my favorite presidents, Nellie Taft. I find William Howard Taft to be absolutely fascinating. Um, he's one of my favorite presidents, along with Franklin Pierce and Richard Nixon. I know, odd, odd choices, but they're underdogs. I love the underdogs. And and this is, this is awesome. And then the other book I plan to read this year is not quite... Uh, well, yeah, it's political. So someone in the news, or people in the news, like to say that Donald Trump quotes this guy on a daily basis. So I decided to actually read the book. Yes, that's exactly what you saw. I bought this to read all the quotes that Trump says he uh, supposedly Trump makes. Which he doesn't. We know he doesn't. But I thought with all these people quoting this guy and saying, oh, well, he's like this. I want to read the actual book. I want to read this. I don't take what the media says to me. This is one of the books I'm reading. And we're actually going to talk about this on this channel later. Yeah, this is the reading I do. So... I could go more into my background and my studies and what I like for politics, but instead, I just want to give you a revelation. I'm also a news chunky, and I was watching something on the news, and I went, oh my god. And I was trolling some YouTube pages. I like to do that. I like to troll liberal pages. So, I am now going to tell my revelation. All of you Democrats, get close. Gather in. I'm going to tell you how Biden can win re-election, or if you, Gavin Newsom or Kamala Harris or whoever you may run, whoever it is, I can tell you, it's a secret. It's amazing. And I believe if you do this, you will win. But it's hard. It's going to hurt. And it's going to require you to kind of step out of your ego and yourself and your sense of superiority. But trust me, it'll be worth it. It's two things. And this is based on watching YouTube videos and news on a daily basis for hours on end and just looking at what people were saying and I suddenly realized there's two things we can do. And also my cat is over here chewing plastic, which you can't hear. <laughs> all right, first thing. You know how you get on a uh, forum, you see all these liberals going, oh, you know, those Nazis on the right, and they're all fascists on the right, and Hillary Clinton's deplorables on the right. You see this, those evil Christians who want to take the rights away from women, you see this. Right, am I lying? I mean, this is out there. Um, remember, those on the right are misogynists, all Doctor Who fans who hate Jodie Whittaker are misogynists. Um, and you're all Trumpsters. Um, you hate gay and lesbian people, you hate black people, right? Isn't that what we see on comments and forums? The right is the fascist party of Nazis. Am I wrong? This is what you guys are all saying. Well, here's my advice to you. Shut the f. Stop calling people names. Because 
one thing I saw on these comments this week was over and over and over and over again. Liberals going, conservatives won't talk to me. They won't have a conversation. I try to tell them about Trump, but they won't listen. Their brains shut off as soon as I say he's a Nazi. So stop saying these things. Stop calling people on the right names. There, that's the solution. Why? Because it shows you to be inferior and dumb and no one wants to listen to you. Stop the name calling. Now, I've had like this conversation with folks before and I've had liberals say, well, everyone on the right is so stupid. Okay, don't tell them that. Why do you have to tell them that? Well, they're stupid. Yes, but don't tell them that. <laughs> yeah, well, I have to so they know it. No, you don't. Keep it in your pants. I guarantee if you stopped calling people on the right deplorable, Nazi, racist, they might listen to you. Actually, I'll bet they will listen to you. There's a joke in conservative circles. I don't know if you liberals know this joke, but so it's a every conservative out there knows this. And you can ask any conservative and they'll know this. It's sort of like when you have a conversation with a liberal, you need to sort of like watch your clock to see how long it will take them before they call you a Nazi or a racist or a bigot. And like on Facebook, the joke is it'll only be like one or two comments. I know conservatives would deliberately poke just to be called to see how long they'll, until they're called because you liberals just do it so much. And the other thing that every Republican knows that if you're having a conversation, it will end with you being called a bigot or misogynist or a racist or whatever. We all know that. That's how all of your conversation ends. You see, since Obama entered office, you have called us racist. That's what, where are we at? 15, 16 years now? You've been calling us racist. So after a while, we're like, mm. and we've been told that everything is racist now, so even our existence is racist. So we can't not be racist. Also, when we're not racist, we're still racist. So after a while, we're like, I ain't listening to you about your conversations on racism. And then we were told we were Nazis, and then Hillary Clinton decided we were deplorables, and we're stupid, and we all sleep with our guns and our Bibles. I don't sleep with the Bible, and I don't own guns. Obviously, on this channel, I'm not Christian. But you all, you, I've been called. I have been called a conservative Christian. Yeah, no, you guys are out of it. Please be quiet. Stop the name-calling. And I'm going to give you a couple examples of why you should. So, and I think these examples will hammer it home for you. Keep it in your pants. Whatever you think about the right, you don't have to say it. Trust me. If you stop calling the right names, they'll listen to you. And here's my examples, real-world examples. You have a daughter. She's 19. And she's living at home. And you have discovered that she has started wearing uh, um, skirts that are really, really short. Like, like, are those actually skirts or your underwear? And you're not sure if she's actually wearing underwear. She's also wearing very revealing clothing and has started dating a guy who you know is a drug addict, who you look at and you're like, this guy's going to jail. He's already done stuff that he should be in jail. And my daughter used to be really nice, a straight-A student. And she's living at home and you don't want her hanging out with a guy. You don't want her getting pregnant. What do you say to her? Seriously, I don't have kids, though I was a kindergarten teacher for a few years, but I don't have kids. But parents, what do you say to your daughter in this situation? Let me ask, do you say the following? 
Damn, bitch, you're a hoe. Put on some good clothing and dump that asshole? And be home before your uh, curfew? Is that what you say? I guarantee if you did, child services might be on their way. Also, your daughter will stop talking to you. Am I wrong? Have you ever tried that? Have you ever said to your daughter, put on some nice clothing. Don't be a tramp. You need to dump your boyfriend. He's a crap, horrible person, and you're going to get pregnant. Did your daughter listen to you? Did she go, oh, oh, mom, you're absolutely right. Where's my turtleneck sweater? Oh, don't look at me. My, my skirt's too short. I need some, I need a long dress right now, and I haven't been to church in so long, and I will absolutely be home before my curfew after I dump that evil man. Is that what your daughter said? No, she probably said to you, Mom, shut the f up. I'm an adult now, and I don't give a f what you say, and I'm going to be out. And she was probably late out, all, late out there all night. Am I wrong? No, I'm 100% right. Because when you called your daughter all these names, she shut down and didn't listen to you. And no matter what you say, well, I'm older than you, and I'm going to do... Did it help? No, it probably made it worse. Seriously, am I wrong? Have you ever said to your daughter, be home before the curfew or else, you horrible tramp? And she became home over the curfew and went, oh, I was just out reading the Bible. No, she didn't. She probably stayed late. So parents don't do this. It's not good parenting to do this. Instead, you're like, oh, honey, you know, uh, whatever, you know, you should maybe not try this. Or have you thought about... And sometimes that works. Ah, uh, you know... I, I'm really worried about this guy, and, and you're really nice, and you're caring, and you're nurturing, and you seem to care, and you don't call her names. And I'm willing to bet, more often than not, that works. But yet you think by calling liberal uh, conservatives, you Nazis, they'll listen to you, when your own flesh and blood won't. Let me put it another way. Your wife, she makes dinner, and... Um, you say to her, honey, I, 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 I'm really looking for some lasagna. Do you think we could have lasagna this week? Any day would be fine. What might happen? She's liable to say, okay, I'll go to the store and pick some up. Right? Maybe. <laughs> but, you know, good chance. But if you said to your wife, you know, honey, you need to uh, buy lasagna this week. Otherwise, it's just like living with Hitler. Do you think she would? I'm going to tell you what would happen. You'd be sleeping on the couch. She'd go, excuse me? Yeah, like if you don't get the lasagna, you're Nazi. My life is horrible. You're like Hitler. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't have a marriage for much longer. Seriously, would you ever call your wife any name that you call conservatives? No. Why? Because she won't listen to you. But do you think conservatives will? You think conservatives will be swayed by calling misogynist or bigot or whatever, but you wouldn't call that to your own flesh and blood. Think about that for a second. If people who know you intimately, they live with you, won't listen to your big mouth when you call them names, why would a stranger who doesn't know you... Oh, oh my god, I was called a bigot on Facebook today. I'm voting Biden from now on. I used to be Republican, but I'm all for big government now. I hate that small government ever since I heard I was a bigot. Nah, it ain't gonna happen. No more than your daughter's coming home. Think about this for a second. You know why you do this, though? Because you can call someone out names on Facebook or YouTube or whatever forum you're on. It doesn't matter. And they're not gonna show up at your front door. They're not gonna need to sleep on the couch. 
they're not gonna look you in the eye and go, you piece of shit. Think about that. You say these things because you can get away with it with a stranger. But is it actually making Biden sail to the White House? Yeah, it's making the world a better place. Are you losing friends over this? So, stop calling people names. Right now, keep it in your pants. Keep it in your pants. That's my advice for you. I guarantee that if you stop calling someone Nazi, they'll start listening to your argument. And don't in any way, shape, or form insult them in their conversation. When you're having conversation with some conservative, don't go, Well, you just aren't that smart. Just lay that stuff alone. Let it go. Put that away. No matter what you are thinking, you're not going to sway them by dumping on them. Trust me, I guarantee, if you stopped calling them names, Biden might win re-election. Now, I said there was two points, and I've really driven this first one home, because I think it goes a long way, because us on the left, we're kind of tired of being called names, we don't like it, and we're actually shutting off because you do. So this is a big one. So even if you want to have a conversation with us that goes into this next piece of advice, if you're still calling us names, you're never going to get there. So this is really important. The second bit of advice I'm going to give you, and this is it, it's just two things. Stop being hypocrites. That's it. End of story. We're done. Stop being hypocrites. Stop being... Uh, having uh, stop having a lack of self-awareness. Go repair balls. Grow up. Know yourself. I said at the beginning of the show, know yourself. There's four things that I really like. I can also say five because I like to express myself through writing. That's me. Know yourself. I discovered this last year that liberals, maybe you didn't know yourself, or you do, but you don't want to say anything. So for the last, I don't know how many years now, us conservatives have heard over and over again that we are the party of hate and violence. All we do is cause violence and all we do is hate people. And we have been told over and over again that you liberals, your Democratic Party, you are the party of inclusivity, kindness. You're not violent. You're peaceful. You protested for a hundred days in Portland, Oregon, and we were still told that you were peaceful. Oh, because it was a street fair, hundred day street fair with death and violence and destruction. No, I'm sorry, there's not a street fair. And you, then you called us Nazis when we pointed this out. Lack of self-awareness. I was actually told by one person it was Antifa who saved Portland. It was the Trumpsters who actually burned the city. So it was Antifa that literally we have on video throwing a firebomb into the, um, was it the um, police station? I guess they're saving the police station by burning it down? No. Lack of self-awareness, hypocrisy. Minneapolis burned. It wasn't Trumpsters that destroyed that city and killed people. Destroyed businesses and lives permanently. Wasn't Trumpsters. I saw a photo. It was these young black kids taking a 16-inch TV or something out of some store with some Nikes. And it was like, oh, it's Trumpsters. Yes, typical Trumpsters. Now, you know, we all want our Nikes. No, it wasn't. Lack of self-awareness. And you wonder why conservatives won't listen to you? Oh, it was just a street fair for a hundred and something days in Portland that destroyed the city. I've never seen a street fair that destroyed a city. Lack of self-awareness. So first you call us Nazis, and then you say that we're the party of violence while you destroy cities. Uh, 
Why should I believe you? And then, then you lie about us. Oh, well, Charlottesville was all neo-Nazis and swastikas. I had someone say that. There were so many swastika flags, you couldn't even see the sky. And I asked for a photo. Oh, well, there isn't any. Really? You think there'd be tons of photos because you want to condemn us. So how come there isn't any? Because there wasn't any. You're making this up. You're just lying. And, and it, it's just, stop. Stop. And it all came to a, a halt this year. Because, you see, um, Hamas and Israel. I used to have so many liberal friends that posted politics all the time. Uh, whatever, you're on my Facebook, I'm fine with that, I don't care. You're my friend, I'll let it go. Then all of a sudden, Hamas, boom. If you looked at my Facebook right now, you wouldn't think there was anything going on in the world. Not a thing. It was actually peaceful. The biggest uh, threat to the world was, I don't know, Trump. You wouldn't know people were dying. When Afghanistan happened, nothing. Nothing. Jews are dying. And how is the liberals responding? Well, my friends on Facebook say nothing. And you know why they say nothing? Because you have to get in the because if you get in the news, you see that liberals are the party that are pro Hamas. You see these college kids, and this was the Claudia Gay situation with Harvard. Part of her situation. These college kids advocating for the death of Jews. And these liberals, you, you guys kind of know this, so you just don't talk, because you don't want to get in there. But you, you know you're the party advocating for the death of Jews. But it's really hard to take you seriously when you say you are the party of peace, violence, and inclusivity. Sorry, yeah, peace, non-violence, and inclusivity, and us conservatives are the violent ones who hate people, while you're literally advocating for the death to Jews. It's really hard to take you seriously when you call us, oh, you're all Nazis, like Hitler, Urgh! And you're literally advocating for the thing that he advocates for in this book and he actually carried out. And you want it carried out. It's kind of hard to say that we're like Nazis when you are literally doing what's in this book. Yeah. Lack of self-awareness. You know how many conservatives, I'm sorry, liberals I see call out your fellows and going, Hey, stop this. Stop condemning Jews. We are the party of inclusivity, which means we don't hate Jews. We don't hate Christians. We don't hate white people. We don't hate blacks who don't vote for Biden. We don't hate anyone who's not us. No, I don't see anyone. You don't guys don't call out those people. The people who do call out those in the ranks get shunned pushed out, and they're part of the walk-away movement. They're the Tim Pools of the world who started speaking and were pushed out. And that's why folks call you a cult, actually. Because you don't speak up against your leaders or each other, and when you do, you get rid of that person because you lack self-awareness. So we will never take you seriously if you say we're the party of violence. When J6 was rigged, and you can see it in the video, and you deny it. You deny I don't. I don't know what videos we're talking about. Here's the video. Watch it. Oh, I don't want to watch it. We really have people respond to arguments like that. I don't want to look at look at what you're giving me. Why not? Why not? When you in a cult? No. Here's what you do. You start going. Okay, I will watch your video. Okay. You know what? Maybe we need to talk about this. You know, maybe maybe we're wrong. Maybe you could say these things, and maybe if you did, conservatives would start listening to you. But as long as you deny who you are. Why am I going to listen to you? Let's give an example. Your wife says to me, Pick up your underwear from the clothing. I don't live with a child. And you say, 
that ain't my underwear. And you're like, well, there's only two of us in the house, and I'm not seeing any other men, so whose underwear is that? And you're like, nope, ain't mine. She goes, so my husband's gay and you're having an affair? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> so that was a conversation, but like, this, this marriage is whacked. No, if your wife says, do you pick up your underwear? You go, oh, yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put it there. I'm really embarrassed. You wouldn't deny it. She would literally go, you're bonkers. You're bonkers. No, you, you kind of say yes. Again, because you know your wife can put you on the couch. So, why don't you apply that to these people you meet online? And I have friends online who I've actually seen. Like, I've been to the house of some of them. They're not all strangers to me. And I've met people online I've developed friendships with. And yes, we're far away, but I think of them very highly, and we get to know each other's lives. And one person I met online, I actually flew cross-country to see. So you can't say they're all strangers. But as long as you don't have any self-awareness and you think, oh, well, whatever, I'll just piss everyone off. Yeah, no wonder, no wonder Republicans shut their brain off when they talk to you. you you're not presenting a good ethical position to be arguing from. And you refuse to listen. So start saying yes. Start saying okay. Start saying I will investigate this stuff you're giving me. Don't respond with well, it's a, it's Fox, so I will listen to it. Uh, stop. Just start responding and say, yeah, I can take 20 seconds to read this article. What's it gonna hurt? If the article's wrong, it's not gonna hurt you, right? <laughs> but as long as you say no, 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 there, there's something that's disconnecting and us, us conservatives, we see that and we feel it. So that's my advice for you. Stop calling people names and stop lacking self-awareness. And Joe Biden will be our next president, <laughs> our current next president, because people will start listening to you better if you give them a reason to listen to you. Does this make sense? I hope it makes sense. I think it does. Now I want to switch the tables and talk to my Republicans. Guess what, folks? My fellow conservatives, you have the exact same problem. <laughs> I just didn't talk to you because, it, you know, right now Trump's doing well, but you have the same problem. I understand that they are libtards, but don't call them that to their face. I understand that you're trying to convince the left that they are the real fascists. But by calling them fascists, the argument isn't really working so well. I find more people are convinced by looking at a discussion of fascism than coming out and going, you fascist. We need to be a little better than that. If we don't want them to call us Nazis, the response shouldn't be, well, you lived hard. It should be better. We should stand on the higher ground. So we need to stop this name calling too. You know, in our private forums, that's fine, whatever. You know, of course. But when we're talking to these people, if we want them to listen to us, we have to give them the respect that we deserve. Or we want them to show us. Remember, right? Isn't that isn't this how it goes? Isn't that the moral argument? Treat others as the way you want to be treated. Isn't that the biblical argument? And aren't we sort of like the biblical party, even if we're not all Christians? And yet we don't. The libertarians of those of you, and, and I used to be one until Gary Johnson's second campaign, and then I just disagreed with the Libertarian Party, and I think they are now irrelevant. That's on them. Um, us libertarians, though, we tend to be, I think, the better of the batch in some way, because we're like, no, leave, leave well enough alone, I ain't in this, and we just let things be. 
but a lot of you, you need to you know, pull back. And I, I'm going to tell you another place you need to pull back. Standing on the corner with your Bible going, Atheist, atheist, he's and you're all going to burn in hell. You're all going to burn in hell. How are people converting? Are they converting to you? No, they're not. Is anyone walking up to you and going, Oh my God, I just heard that you said I was going to burn in hell. Oh, I can't stand this. No, no one's ever said that to you. Actually, people are probably going up and you going, You should die, you evil Nazi, whatever. <laughs> Standing calling people names isn't doing anything for anybody. I'll tell you, when I was briefly in the church back in college, the way I got into the church was not by someone saying, Oh, you're going to burn in hell! Because I didn't believe in hell and I still don't. So that wasn't a convincing argument to me. The way that I was convinced to maybe explore the Catholic, uh, Christian church was I met a minister who goes, Hey, what's your beliefs? I was like, well, I don't, know, I don't really, I don't know. Oh, well, here's something. Have you ever read the Bible? Well, no, I haven't. Well, have you thought about it? Well, not really. Well, this is kind of, you like history, right? Well, and I was like, oh. Oh, I've got my intellectual curiosity, Pete. And then I got into the Christian church for a while. But I didn't do it because someone threatened me with a name. So you got to cut back on that name calling and do under others as you want them to do to you. Okay? You got that, my friends? Even if they are libtards, don't tell them that. <laughs> as I said, even if they're Nazis, don't tell them they're Nazis. Argue it better. And you know why you should argue it better? Because one of the names that are called us conservatives is that we're all stupid and we're all dumb. And if our best argument is, oh, you're a bunch of libtards, we kind of come off a little dumb. Don't you think? And if and if you say, well, you're libtards because you're Nazis, and someone says, well, okay, right-winger, how are we Nazis? Because you are. Does it really make us sound anything but the stereotype? Nah. That's why I'm reading this book right now. Not because I want to. This is a horrible, horrible man. But when someone says to me, Well, you're a Nazi, I want to be able to say, Oh, interesting point. I'd like to refer you to book two, because there's two books here. You, you knew there was two books, right? Okay, and, and there's this interesting chapter. Have you read this chapter? Oh, no, you haven't. Well, I'd like to have a discussion with people. That actually comes from a basis of intellectual. So, you, you don't be the stereotype that the left wants you to be, and don't, don't act like that. Okay. And that segues into the other thing, the second point, self-awareness. You right-wingers, my fellow right-wingers, and really, I am a right-winger. Gosh, you gotta be a little more self-aware. When someone accuses you of being a hypocritical Christian, and you don't know why they're not converting Christianity, <laughs> you know the correct answer to that question is? Yeah, that's the correct answer. To then go, oh, well, you know, you're like this, and trans, and blah, whatever, and people, and women, blah, blah, blah. No, the correct answer is yes, I am a hypocrite. I never see my fellow Republicans say that. I'm going to be honest, you guys lack self-awareness, too. That's the, that was a stupid example I just gave. Like, oh, if you act stupid and you think you're smarter, you're lacking self-awareness. So when they come to you and they go, you don't, you don't follow your own Bible, you know what you should say? Yeah, you know what? You're right. I'm working hard on that. But you know, it's a hard thing following the Bible. And then maybe they might listen to you a little more. 
But if you go, oh no, you're evil fish, you don't understand the Bible. Nope, they ain't going to listen to you any more than you listen to the left when they call you out. Or no more than the left listens to you when you call them out. See, you're doing the same thing. And here's my advice to you, Christians. Read your Bible. I have lost count of the number of Christians I've met who don't read the Bible. And that is why churches actually will do like one year to read the Bible because they know people in the congregation, you don't do it. You don't read it. You're too busy doing other things. But you won't read your own book. So when some liberal comes to you, well, you don't read the Bible, or you don't know what your own Bible says, you know what you should say? Well, you're absolutely right. I've actually never read anything but the New Testament, and I will confess that that is a failing of mine, and thank you for reminding me that I need to go read the Old Testament. And you know what the liberal respond with? This. Uh... They don't know what to say. Because they expect you to then go, oh, well, you know, they expect you to argue. But if you say, oh, yes, thank you very much, I, you know what, I have failed, they don't know what to do. I know, because I have had uh, uh, people call me, oh, you're just a conservative Christian. And I go, well, act, and, you know, and you're just another, I actually had someone say that I was a conservative Christian from the South. And I'm like, well, actually, I'm a 13th generation Mainer. My family goes back to the Massachusetts colony. Before that, it's England. And I can verify that with the family tree. And I am a Hindu or Dharmi. And um, I'm more of a libertarian. And you know what the response was? Uh, I don't know what to say. Because I was honest. And honesty kills everything. It just knocks everything down. So. My fellow conservatives, if you wish liberals to listen to you, you need to be honest. You need to set the standard. Show them why they should be honest, right? Right? Be better than them, right? You say they're not honest, so does it really help your cause by not being honest? Here's another thing. Donald Trump does some things that are really good and also does some things which are really bad. Please be honest and say that. Because I see conservatives all the time, they're like, well, uh, no, I see liberals all the time criticize conservatives, and they say, well, you know, conservatives never say anything bad about their, their holy leader, their savior. Well, actually, we do, but you liberals don't go to our forums, but we actually do criticize Trump, but we need to be more open about it. We need to be willing to say, yeah, you know, Trump really could have gotten off the Twitter. That really wasn't presidential. Let's be honest. If we were more honest... I guarantee more liberals would listen to us. It would stop their by-the-book arguing. They wouldn't be able to call us a racist if we went, well, you no, you're right. If that's the situation. Because they don't want you to say you're right. They don't know what to do when you agree with them. Literally, I found that when you agree with a liberal, they don't know what to do. They start spinning because that's not what they're prepared for. No more than they are to have you listen to them. Because why aren't they prepared for this? Because we, it doesn't work like that. That's how conversations work. It's just bleh. muck. They're used to muck. Muck's just I'm used to muck. I'm used to being, I'm used to getting troll and being trolling and all this stuff. That's the way I expect things to go. It's really funny to me when I put a comment somewhere on some forum and someone agrees with me. I'm like, oh my god, I'm not insane. And actually, I did this on a, a Hindu forum the other day and someone agreed with me. I'm like, whoa, uh, uh, I can breathe because I was expecting someone to argue with me. And what I said wasn't that bad, but I'm so used to this. You're used to it. We're all used to it. So when I say something to a liberal and they assume that I'm going to lie or do whatever, that's the way these things work. But we need to be honest. We need to come right out and, and be honest about ourselves, about others. And, and that's an interesting thing reading this book. Um, first of all, these guys are really well-educated. 
And many times they will come out and say, well, this is the argument for this. Uh, we disagree with that argument, and here's why. But on the other hand, we know that there is a flaw in our proposal, and here's the flaw. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Of course, they've canceled this book, these people, Patrick, Henry, whoever, because they were slave owners. So they're immediately evil, and thus you are depriving yourself from history. So that's my advice, folks. That's it. Two things, really easy. I've driven the stake right into the Dracula's heart here. It's the, the horse is beat dead. I've said this over and over again because I really think people aren't getting it. How simple it is to change our national conversations. And this goes for you in other countries too. Whatever country you're in, you're debating politics. If you stop calling people names and you stop lacking self-awareness, I guarantee you people will listen to you. Even the most unlikely person will listen to you. You may still be wrong, they might still be wrong, but you keep it in your pants. At least you'll have a conversation. If that's what you want, then that's what you're going to have. Now, this is a religious show, so I'm going to now wrap this up with a uh, religious comment here. And and then we'll um, bring the show to a close. It's running long. I was afraid it might. <laughs> if you want people to listen to you about your religion, stop calling them out as heathens and horrible folks and you're going to burn in hell. Stop calling atheists stupid. Stop calling them names. And stop lacking self-awareness. Start saying, yes, I, I need to read the Bible. You're right. Or, gosh, you know, I've never actually read the Shema Bhagavatam, so I don't really think I'm an expert in it. I had a previous show where I said Christians lie to convert people. They do. I believe it. I believe Christians literally lie to get people in the door. Stop lying about yourselves. Because who's coming in the door from that? Very few people. And I hear this from Christians. They're like, yeah, I don't get anyone to convert. Yeah, because... Uh, maybe if you stopped lying, people would take you more seriously. It's sort of like uh, if your wife lies to you, honey, there is a $1,000 purchase on the credit card from Walmart. What the hell is that about? Oh, I don't know. Maybe your credit card was stolen. Really? Next day, I, and I use the card in between. I see I had a purchase, and then there's another purchase here on uh, uh, um, Cracker Barrel. Someone went to lunch at Cracker Barrel. You spent 50 bucks? Oh, no, I didn't do that. I didn't. Really? So... Our card was stolen and then came back and then left again. Oh, yep, that's right. You're going to listen to your wife when she says that? No, you're not. You're going to say, honey, you need to sit down. What the hell are you doing? I know. My ex-girlfriend actually did that. <laughs> she, she spent a credit card and then I spent it. And then she spent it again. Or she stole it from me because I used to, you know, I'd keep them in the house. And she said, oh, it was stolen. I said, yes, but I used it after that. Oh, it must have been returned. She literally tried to convince me that a burglar took our card and then brought it back to the house and then took it again. No, it was her. And our relationship was trash and she was an alcoholic. And anyone who's lived with an alcoholic can relate to that. You know, they lie. And how does conversations work? They don't work. They don't work at all. Until that alcoholic goes, yeah, you're right, I did steal it. So if you want to grow spiritually, and I say this in the show all the time, you have to be honest, you have to know yourself. You cannot know yourself if you lack self-awareness. 
the things I said at the very beginning of the show, remember I, how I know myself through music and whatever? I know, I'm honest about that, and I tell you, and if you find fault with me, I, I try to be honest. Sometimes I begrudgingly, I'll be honest about that too. And there are places that I lack, and I just really won't go there, so you don't see my followings. But at least I'm telling you that. And, uh... I am aware of myself. I know my honesty has hurt friendships. I'll be, I'll be aware. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, I know other people are pushed away sometimes. I'll tell you that right now. Okay? I'm honest. Even if it's not revealing something wonderful, I'm honest. So I would like to hope people then are willing to converse with me, because they're like, well, you know, I disagree with him on this, but at least he's honest about it. That's what you need to do in your spiritual world. If you don't know God's purpose for your life, and and you don't even know what drives you, and, and you deny who you are or what you are, how are you ever going to do anything. If your life is wrapped up in virtue signaling, then you're not honest about the fact that your self-esteem is hurting. So you need to put away the virtue signal crap and focus on building your self-esteem. And then you can grow spiritually. You can find your life's purpose. But if your whole world is wrapped up in virtue signal and virtue signal and getting 100 likes on Facebook, you're not honest with yourself. You'll never grow spiritually. Never. I know, because I see people who, they don't grow. You know what I'm saying? I think you know exactly what I'm saying. So, this show has been an interesting one. It's been one of my occasional political ones. I do love politics. I really do. I don't know if I'd be a good politician or not, but <laughs> I'd probably be too honest and get myself in trouble. Yeah. But we're going to end it here. I hope you've found some value in this. I've revealed some things about myself in this show, which you might find of interest, too. Just if you haven't watched me before, now you get to know me. And, uh, yeah. So the theme for this year on my live shows is sort of tearing down these walls. I'm not preaching to you. I'm not going, God is great, and it says right here. I've done that. I've done that on this show. But these days, it's about tearing down and finding the truth and finding who you are inside. That's my goal for 2024 as I do these shows. I want you to grow with who you are. And we can learn through religion. We can learn through politics. We can learn through all sorts of things, and that's what we're doing. And with that, I will say thank you for watching. <laughs> I will wish you all the best in your spiritual journey. Please tune in every other week week is another show it's kind of how i'm doing it these days and um look forward to some interesting things as i said i'm going to be reading this book and talking about it and uh doing some spiritual life coaching things too so you can grow in your journey and i look forward to your comments and your thoughts and all that good stuff please like subscribe all that good stuff Jai Shri Krishna, Jai Shri Swami Narayan.